We all have one, a podcast that isn't afraid to discuss the stories that we all have, even the really messy ones. From business ideas to overbearing in-laws to dreams of leaving your crappy job, come along for epic stories along tangible advice for succeeding and surviving through life's unfiltered moments. I'm your host, Corey McFadden, recovering business owner, industry pioneer, and mama blogger who has seen it all along the way. And let's just say, I am not afraid to share what I've learned from my experiences and mistakes, which means you don't have to. All you got to do is listen, grab a coffee or hell, a tequila is probably better. And let's get to this week's saga turn life lesson. Hello, welcome back. Episode nine. We are wrapping up the first series. There's only one more episode after this one. and. After that, you should have a pretty good foundation and understanding if going into business is something that still interests you. Hopefully, I haven't scared you, but I've brought some realizations along and some invaluable advice that will help you make an educated decision on what you want to do with your passion. And if you're already in business, maybe I have a commiserated with you, or I've provided you with some insight that you haven't thought of. But regardless, um, I have had such a great time with this first series and creating this resource, and the feedback has been tremendous. So thank you for that. And today has been a much requested episode. We're going to talk about keeping yourself relevant because it is so important. You go through all this work, you plan, you open your business, you get into it, and then you're like, oh my gosh, no one cares who I am. I have to make them care, and I have to keep relevant, which is so very difficult in this fast-paced, quick-moving landscape that has been created thanks to social media. And so today I'm going to help you dive into some basic branding and marketing ideas that hopefully you have thought of at this point, but if you haven't, it's never too late, and give you some tips on how you can actually stay relevant. I personally was in business for 15 years, which is a long time. And during that time, I pride myself in staying on top of my game and staying a leader in the industry. And it's not something that just happens or is given to you because you were first to the game. No, no, no. When you're a pioneer and when you do things first, it's even harder because you got to stay up with your competition. You have to stay in the role of being a leader and dominant in that market. And you have to work really, really hard. So don't think for one minute that you get a little bit of success. Maybe you go viral. Um, you've got a social media account that takes off and you've got a following and you think that, oh, they're there. No, no, no. Just like you who engages every day through Instagram or whatever your favorite might be. 
what are those people doing that keep you coming back day after day? Because you have choices when it comes to watching stories or scrolling through grids or looking through Pinterest accounts or reading Facebook profiles. You have a choice where you can consume that information and from whom. So what are those individuals doing that keep you coming back? It's really important to look at that because that's going to be kind of the same crossover in what you're doing with your audience to engage them, to bring them in, to convert them over to a sale, to get them to be a repeat client, to have them engaged with the lifestyle that you're creating. For me personally, um, I pioneered luxury consignment and revolutionized the way that one looked at their closet. This place where you had hoarded all of your nice items because they had designer names. I changed the way that people looked at that closet and turned those nice items they weren't using into dollar signs and became a resource that was invaluable in their life. Because if they needed quick money or they just had a ton of items they needed to sell, whatever the reasoning was, I wasn't here to, you know, really set the reason for them coming to me. It was that they had stuff to get rid of. Their personal reasons were theirs. I stayed out of them. If they wanted me to listen to them, I listened to them. Whatever capacity they needed me, I was there. I was the concierge to their closet and there to service them in whatever way worked for them. And that was what we created. I say we, it was me. (laughs) Um, But that's what I created in the beginning when I saw that niche within the niche that I was going after. And so when they cleaned their closet, they thought of me. When they needed to get rid of something because it was too small and the store didn't accept returns, they immediately thought to give it to me to sell. I was an immediate in their mind. That is your goal. So they're not thinking, oh, let me go research it out. It's like, oh no, Corey, Corey cleans closets. Corey, e-drop-off, e-drop-off, e-drop-off. That was the momentum that I set from the off start. Off start. I don't even know if that's a word. Sorry. I apologize, guys. Uh, my daughter was up all night sick with a stomach flu. So I'm running on a low bandwidth, but this is a topic that I'm super passionate about. So hopefully I don't make up too many words along the way. Real life here. But you want to become that immediate. So let's say you're going to make an online shoe purchase. You have your go-to. Maybe it's Zappos or maybe it's Nordstrom. Whatever it is, it immediately fires in your brain and that's where you go. You want to create that same momentum about the service, the business, about you, whatever it is that you're doing. You want to be that to your clients. So It's important to understand the power of the brand and what that is. Because if you don't, you'll waste so much time just doing things and you'll never have that true momentum that you need. So you need to be very strategic about how you create these building blocks on your brand guidelines to your brand. So If you are open 
um, and operating a business, hopefully you have defined your brand guidelines, but it's very possible that you haven't because this is something that a lot of times people don't think of in a very fluid manner when they're in startup mode. And a lot of times it can't be because you're just financially strapped and maybe you can't afford a branding company or the resources that you need. But I can tell you that these next things that I'm going through are vital to any successful brand taking off, having sustainability, and being an actual brand. So you're going to have your logo. Um, A logo is something that does not happen in 20 minutes, typically, just so you know. It is something that takes a lot of work and a lot of time. And this is your strategy key building block. This is how people identify you. This should be all over everything and not in an obnoxious way, but you should be branding what you're putting out there so people can start recognizing. So maybe um, you are a cupcake company and you create these awesome recipes that you put on Pinterest. Is that logo on your pins? So people can start connecting your pins to your product that maybe you have in Whole Foods and they're seeing it so they can start making that brand correlation. All of these things are very, very important and they need to be done all the time. It's not like, oh, sometimes you do it. It's like whenever you create these brand guidelines, this is how you live. This is how you breathe. This is your company's pulse. So it's important that they're always implemented across all departments. Your brand colors, your specific colors that you set to your brand. What are those Pantone numbers? Whatever it is, you need to make sure those are the only colors that are used then. So you don't use variations of your lavender that you have. No, when you set your brand colors, those are the colors that you stick to. Your fonts your branded materials, making sure all of those are very in sync, designing templates to make sure that everything is cohesive and it does not need to be fancy. It needs to be consistent. That's what's important. So everything that is coming out from your brand and it points back, it represents what you are trying to convey and who you are as a brand. Your business cards, your pens, your social media marketing, your letterhead, your signature in your email. All of these things matter and people form opinions off of them. So they need to be tight. And after you have all that together, which you should before you launch, you need to make sure that you are true to that and you deliver the promise that your brand has set as well as you uphold those guidelines. Because this is what sets the tone of you being in the market. Because if you're working on trying to stay relevant, how do you want them to know you? What are you giving off? So for example, when I first started, I didn't have all this together. It took me a couple years to really carve out my niche in my market and start understanding the power behind cleaning closets. And once I did, I really did a rebrand of what I was able to do. Um, While I wasn't able to move in maybe to the retail space that I wanted and I didn't have money to invest in the interior, 
what I could do was invest in my logo, my business cards, my brochures, um, the marketing materials that were very important at that time. And I did what would be considered a soft rebrand. And when you do this, it is important that you don't just roll it out like shitty and just kind of like, oh yeah, here's our new business cards. Like, no, everything needs to be connected and make sense. You don't just do like random soft rebrands. I see this all the time with companies. They'll like, you know, give their company a slim down logo with like a new website, but, but no messaging around it. And you don't really understand what the reason was for it. Um, it should make sense while you're doing these things. Are you elevating your brand and your messaging? Are you changing what you do? There should be a reason for it and not just random rollouts. Because when you start doing random rollouts, nothing will be connected anymore. So it's important that anytime you change something, it points back to your brand guidelines and it makes sense. Because these are how people get to know you. And for me, I was always available. So if you found me at the farmer's market, I was always together. I looked the part. Um, I didn't look like all schleppy, like someone you're like, oh, I wouldn't want her in my closet. Like, no, I was together always. You could approach me. You could ask me for a pickup at any time and I would schedule it on my phone. I was there to service and people knew that and they liked that. So I didn't make them chase me down and play this game. Um, I was reliable in a sense that I would do whatever they needed within my business service terms. And so you set those guidelines into what you do, but that always made me a resource that was reliable to people. And so, you know, as I got going, um, when I first started my business, you know, I was one of the only ones doing consignment in the manner that I was doing it. I was actually the only one um, elevating consignment. And this is in 2004, you know, this is a long time ago. And then 2007 rolled around, the market crashed, and I became a invaluable resource to so many people um, that were in very difficult, tough times. And I could create value in a place that wasn't as obvious. Um, you know, you think about, oh, going to pawn jewelry and electronics, but clothing, there was really nothing you could do with it at the time. And so overnight, I could help you get quick money if you needed that. And a lot of people were in that position. With that, I kind of exploded as the market crashed. And I was very young and media was very different back then. Um, everyone just read magazines. We didn't have social media like we do now. And so my goal was to get in those publications. And so I started pitching myself and anyone can pitch themselves. While yes, there is the art of pitching. Um, you can actually look up Jewel Solomon. She has a really great e-course on the art of pitching and how to pitch yourself to individuals. Um, a lot of hers is written around getting brand work and collaborations, but it's all relevant. If you're trying to get press or you're trying to get a collab with a brand, whatever it might be, but how do you speak to an individual? How do you present yourself to them? How do you engage them and make them want to know more to where the point 
they get to know you and then they want their readers to know more and they include you in their press piece. That's the goal. There's nothing better than just great organic press and the opportunities are there, but you have to go after them and get them. They're not going to just fall in your lap. They're not going to know that you're just doing something super rad and cool unless you tell them. And it might not just be pitching them once. You might have to pitch them time and time and time again. And guess what? The right season rolls around, the right opportunity that they're writing for rolls around. You're pitching them the perfect storm. Boom. They include you. It's about planting those seeds over and over and over. And then not just planting them, going back and watering them and checking on them and seeing and just waiting for one to bloom. But you have to plant your seeds. No one's doing that shit for you. That's the hard work. And you should make time in your schedule to pitch yourself and make yourself relevant. And so I read a really good article that I'm going to link in the show notes about the perfect pitch as well. Um, it was an article in TechCrunch, but what they did was they broke it down into a 60-second pitch. And while this pitch was more for an investor, it's a great pitch to kind of tailor for your elevator pitch. So when people say, oh, what do you do? And you're like, oh, I am, um, I own this like... um thing where we, um, we make, um, we make all organic skincare and someone's like, oh, cool. Versus saying, oh my gosh, I'm so happy you asked. Like your skin is glowing by the way. Um, I own an organic skincare company that I am so proud of what we are doing in the market. And you go into it in this passionate way that captivates them. And they're like, oh, tell me, tell me more. What do you mean in the market? Like what, what are you doing different? And they start asking you questions. They start asking you questions. Boom. You got them. That's good. They're engaged. They actually want to know more rather than doing you a favor of listening to your lengthy, too many breaths, lost pitch when you should be killing it because every person in front of you is an opportunity. And if you're not passionate about it, well, then who is? So they break this pitch down and saying the first 20 seconds is passion and making them intrigued and interested and telling them what you do. And then the next 20 seconds are focusing on the numbers and why your company is indispensable and captivate a potential investor's attention. And, you know, you wouldn't maybe talk numbers if it was a potential client and you can, you know, tailor this. This is just giving you some ideas on how to tailor different pitches. So don't feel like you have to like, tell everyone about your numbers because you don't. But if it's an investor, you better know your numbers. You better know them up, down, left, right, backwards. When you're sleeping, you should be able to say them because they will never give you the time of day unless you know your numbers. Just a little side note there. And then next um, 20 seconds is you're the business. So you're pitching yourself and you're telling them why you are the perfect person for that business. And so, you know, with me, it was, you know, my background's in fashion design. I have a plethora of knowledge in fashion brands. And with that, I have created this model that maximizes their resale potential to a worldwide market that you wouldn't get anywhere else. And someone's like, oh, wow, cool. You know, like you gotta, you gotta live it and breathe it. 
and give it to them. And this is going for if you're pitching yourself to someone that is, you know, possibly going to write an article on you, possibly you meet on the street and wants to know what you do. Um, you're sitting at parent teacher conferences waiting and a parent next to you asks what you do. Like you should be able to give these fluid elevator pitches that will captivate anyone because you're constantly creating relevancy around you, creating that community around you, letting people know the resource that you are because you don't know what one might need. And it could be that simple conversation that occurred on the bench with your nice fluid one minute pitch that someone then realizes that they're in a pinch and they need a excavation service. And I met that woman on the bench and suddenly you've got a client. I mean, like it is that simple, but you can't be scared to put yourself out there in that way. And listen, there is an art to doing this. You don't want to put yourself out there in like a direct sales, like offensive, confusing way. Like I once had a Mary Kay girl chase me down the street in Chicago because she loved my jacket so much. And I was like, oh, okay. And I told her what it was. And and she was like, you know what? Like, you're great. We should hang out sometime. I was like, yeah, find me on social media. She did. And then like suddenly it was like, boom, boom, boom. The emails join my Mary Kay team. It was like so annoying. Like that's not the way you get people to drink your Kool-Aid. So know that there is an art to the pitch and it's something that you're going to need to practice and say out loud and tailor, and it'll probably change over time. And the more comfortable you get with it, the better it will get, but you got to start with it and you got to start now. You also want to define yourself as an expert in what you do. And don't be afraid to do things for free. There's a whole lot of stigma now around like, oh, I don't work for free. I don't do that for free. Listen, I like grinded so, so hard in this industry for 15 years and I still do things for free. There's nothing wrong with that. Just be aware of what you're doing for free. And so if you get the opportunity to do a um, TV segment, or speak on a panel. These are all great, great things that extend your reach, keep you relevant, keep you out there. Do them. If you don't know how, figure it out. Media, when you see people on TV doing these segments, you know, these three, five minute segments talking about healthy living or organic skincare or whatever it is, they have pitched themselves for that placement. They have found whoever is the segment director they have pitched them an idea and they have worked with them to create that segment. It's not like they just get a magic phone call and then they just roll in the studio. Like, no, I know because I did television segments for, um, oh my gosh, almost three years. And I did them every week. I wrote my own segments, um, anywhere from three to six minutes, live television. And I did all kinds of different lifestyle segments and I had so much fun doing it. Um, and the reason I did it was to keep myself relevant and to keep my face in the local market because they would always point back to me and everything wasn't about consignment. I had made myself a lifestyle expert who has founded luxury consignment. That is what I did. It broadened my reach 
So every week people would see me and I would talk about, you know, the best back to school items um, that are under $100 or whatever it might be. And then at the end of the segment, they plug Corey McFadden, local business owner, e-drop-off. They show my logo on my website and it was a free 15 second advertisement of my business. You got to get creative and keep yourself out there. So by me doing that, I was having my face every week out there. I was engaging with the local market through these giveaways that I would do or Twitter. Um, that was what was very popular at the time. But that kept me out there because guess what? Doing the same thing for 15 years, you old news, like no one cares. So you have to make them care. Every season of spring cleaning roll around. I would have the most creative spring cleaning tips that I would pitch out through local markets and national markets. Uh, winter, how to store your clothing, um, how to save money um, in you know storing items or reselling, creating these pieces that were easy for editors to use um, because they don't want to do the work. They want you to do the work. So you got to do it for them. So don't be afraid to put yourself out there and pitch yourself. If you've never done television, take a couple media courses and learn it. It is a really great skill set to have and it makes you powerful in that vertical. As well as um, if you don't know how to pitch yourself, take a course. Jules Solomon, like I said, has a really good one. There's a lot of them out there. Public speaking, that's also a good course to take. Um, these are all ways to educate yourself and to grow as an individual. And that's going to roll me into my next section. And this is what's so important is that you have to be the one out there gaining this knowledge and growing as a leader, as a business owner, as a partner. You have to make yourself better. And so make sure you're carving time out there to do that and not just pitch yourself, but also gaining knowledge. And so reading, reading articles, business and tech articles like Forbes, Inc. 500, all these great resources that you can quickly scan and take in information. This is what gets your mind going. This is what makes you innovative and think about things that maybe would have never thought of otherwise. So it's so, so important. Listen to podcasts just like you're doing with me. This is perfect. This will spark you. This will make you grow. Um, attend classes, like I said, but invest in yourself because what you'll find is that in some of these books, you might be confused by what you're reading. And then as you get going, you're like, oh my gosh, it makes sense. Why does it make sense? Because you're growing and you always want to be growing. This is what's so important. Connect with people um, that are industry leaders. I love it when people send me messages, when they ask for quick calls. I will jump on the phone with people all the time. I mean, I can give you a hundred people that I have sat and just wholeheartedly brainstormed with, but reach out to these people. They are there to help you and they will help you by, you might not always hear back because we get a lot of messages, but send it again. Um, don't be afraid to follow up, but reach out and build relationships with experts. It's so important. And then put into place what you're actually consuming and learning. Because when people start to see you grow, they want to grow with you. 
And if they don't, and they're intimidated by that, then guess what? You've probably outgrown that relationship and that's okay too. And that's important. This is how you keep yourself relevant is by keeping it fresh and clean, keeping your circle tight and good. These are all very important things. So you've got healthy energy around you that keep you motivated because it's hard to stay motivated for over a decade. Um, it takes a lot. You still got to love it. And to love it, you got to keep yourself moving. And if you get stagnant and you just stay in place, what happens? Well, you get bored. So don't do that. Educate yourself. That's the best thing that you can possibly do. And then spend time where your audience spends time. So where are they engaging? What, where is it um, in certain like forums Is it online? Is it, you know, you need to host seminars, whatever it is, you want to meet them there. You want to connect with them in a genuine way. It doesn't matter how big your audience is. It matters how invested they are. So you could have these huge numbers that visit your website, that look at your content, that come into your store. But if they're not converting, as in they're not purchasing or engaging and returning, then what's the point? There is none. You need them to come in and engage with you. And so what is your repeat clientele? Is it low? Is it falling? If it is, then switch, adjust. But don't just think that, oh, well, we're the best at what we do. We should have been placed in that article or, oh, we're, why aren't they coming in? You got to lead them in. And now more than ever, you know how you are. You know how you consume information, how finicky maybe you are over things. You got to think in that same way and make sure that you are polished and clean all the way around from your branding to your brand messaging to you as a leader and what you're giving off. You're keeping your business out there and putting yourself out there. And if you aren't able to do that, then you're finding someone in your organization that can, but get innovative and think outside the box. And another great way to do this is by researching other industries. Don't just read about your industry and everything that's going on with your competition. Read about everything because this will spark ideas. And that is what can revolutionize something and change something and bring on a different approach and keep yourself fresh. That's all I can say, because if you stay stagnant, your business will fail. It is impossible to stay up to speed. So stay ahead of the curve. When you hear about things coming down the pipeline, research them, be on them, be aware, be a leader and know your shit. But more than anything, love it and be able to give off that passion So it's contagious like the winter flu that my daughter has right now. And you catch it and you want to be part of it. You want to consume it. So give that off and learn that. And know it takes time, but you got to invest in it and you got to invest in yourself. Thank you for listening. I so appreciate you. And just like I said in this episode, please feel free to reach out to me. Like I am here as an expert. 
a resource, and I love to help and mentor. So find me online at Corey McFadden. Visit my blog, glitterandbubbles.com. I also do note recaps on there. You can read all of my notes from all the episodes. Just binge. There's so much good information there, and I want you to consume it. Be better than I was. Learn from my mistakes. That is why I am here helping you. Thank you so much to my friends, Dante32, who helped me week after week sound so good with this podcast. And if you ever look at producing a podcast, they make the process so easy. So reach out to them, Dante32. They are phenomenal. And wherever you're listening to me, please make sure to subscribe. And I would love it if you're loving this to leave me a review. Until next time, episode 10 will be coming your way next week, which will be the wrap of series one. So I've done it. I actually have produced a podcast. So hopefully you're growing along with me and growing your business. So thanks guys. See you soon. I know you hate to see me coming, but love to see me leave. I know why you never walk in front of me. You trying to check me out, check me out, check me out.